0: Hey, good morning everybody, how we doing? Yeah, good to see you here for a second service. I'm just going to get right to it, right? I told you there was a big announcement. If You get our email. Did anybody actually read our emails this week? All right, well, that's terrible. But uh, you should read those. There's good stuff in there. But I said there's going to be a big announcement. So let me just kind of start from the beginning. If if you've been coming here for the last four weeks, you know there's a lot of people showing up, right? Uh, our, yes, we love to go woo when we hear that. Um, that's a good woo, not a bad woo, right? Um, so one of the things, as a staff, you know, we kind of look at trends and data like many of you do in your jobs and try to figure out, like, what do we think, where, where are we going to land in the new year, people showing up. And based on our past, we figured we were going to add about 50 people. We were running about 550 people in the in the fall. We are like, we're going to be about 600, first Sunday be big, and then it will kind of go down. And it has not done that at all. Um, we are running about 125 people more per, ser- or per, per Sunday than... Uh, and we kind of expected, which is an incredible, incredible <laughs> challenge for us to have, and especially in this service. If you guys were here last week during the second service, we had to add like 35 chairs to, to get everybody in here. And uh, so I want to share a couple of things with you. First, people are asking, like, what's going on? Like, where are all these people coming from? Why are they showing up? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I kind of look at the things that, that we have going on here, and it's like, all right, so let's think about this a little bit. We don't advertise, and you're still showing up, right? Uh, the, the sign that we have out in front of our building, the lighted sign, is our logo from three years ago. We haven't changed it yet. We're working on it, but we haven't changed it yet. Uh, experts say that you should have great parking for people, and, and like parking on grass isn't good, and that's all we park on here is grass. Um, experts also say if this room is 80% or more full, people will, will keep, quit coming, and and you guys keep showing up. So... Uh, we're just kind of sitting back thinking, all right, well, this tells us something, that, that God is doing something pretty cool here in spite of us, right? <laughs> yeah, you guys are clapping. Let me, Staff's got a lot of work to do. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'll get to that in, in a second. This is a God thing that is happening here at The Journey, and this is not normal in the church world. Sadly, it's not. So thank you for being a part of it. But I want to share with you some things that we're going to do to to help us as we move forward, okay? Here's the first thing that we are going to do. On April 7th, that is a Sunday, just so you know, we're going to move to three services. Uh, We're going to do 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Uh, If you were with us pre-COVID, in January 2020, we went to three services and then COVID came. We've been blamed for COVID. Uh, We've been blamed for that election year, right? So uh, those things kind of connected there, but we didn't have a hand in any one of those. Uh, so we we had about eight weeks of experience. So we're ready to go. We can make that happen. We're going to invite you to help us out in many ways. So get uh, get ready for that here in the next few weeks. We'll be getting some more information about us moving to that uh, to that that service or three services. The the other thing is you're sitting there thinking, well, that's great, but what about right now? <laughs> like, uh, what are we going to do between now and and Easter really? And uh, our plan is a couple of uh, two areas here. One. Uh, Journey Kids has said, hey, we can add 25 more kids per service, uh, but we're going to need a little help, okay? And uh, so for each service, between now and, and Easter, they are looking for three extra volunteers to jump into nursery, uh, walkers, and pre-K and kindergarten, right? So that means six total people every week that we need to add, seventh grade and above is our, our limit there, Uh, but if you can help out with that there's a qr code in front of you you can uh, go to that qr code sign up there there's a big qr code out in the lobby i think it says i'm all in you can take a picture of that and sign up there um but look we we can't parents listen to we can't add more more kids and can't open open up more space if we don't have volunteers jump in to do that Uh, so i hope you will do that that'll help us out they've expanded some of the other classes if you're worried about fire code we're good we've We've gone on the fire marshal and all those good people and like, hey, are we good? And they're like, you, you're good, so we're good there. Um, but we want to be able to do that. We had to turn away, I think, 20-some kids last week from classes, and we don't like to do that. Like, we hate to do that. And so, man, if you're one of those people like, I'm in, I want to make this happen, make sure you sign up today. This is for the next seven weeks. You don't have to do it every single week, by the way. You can jump in, you know, once or twice here or there. Uh, but we'd love for you to jump in and, and do that and be a part of that. Uh, The other piece, and this is the one I'm kind of—I'm not sure what to do here. Um, I was going to invite 50 of you in this space who do not have kids in nursery through sixth grade, okay? You know who you are to move to the first service to make more room in this service. And then, first service I think was more filled than this service (laughs) today. So, uh, I mean, if a couple of you want to kind of move over, (laughs) we can do that. I think people saw the email and went ahead and did that, but. um, but if you can do that, that's great. Uh, there's a big old sign outside. If you want to sign up for that, do that. And if you start coming to the 9 o'clock and it's too full, we'll send you back to this one. But we'd love for you to sign up just like, hey, man, I'm in. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. I believe in this thing that's going on here. Uh, we would love for you to, to make that happen. Uh, and let me share why, with you why this is important. Um, we're not trying to make the space more comfortable for us, Okay which means I, we're not trying to make it where you can come in and sit down like man look i got a whole road to myself today this is awesome we're trying to open up more space for people to meet and know and follow jesus and by making some of these adjustments we're able to do that and that's really why we're going to three services we're talking about four services for easter we don't know what that's going to look like and uh so be prepared for that that's coming and, uh, and maybe you got like $5 million sitting in your bank account. You're like, hey, I want to donate it to help you guys, and we can expand here if you do that. So come talk to me afterwards. But really, this is about making this place accessible to more and more people so they, again, can, can meet and know who Jesus is. Uh, this is an incredible, incredible thing that we get to experience. And as I told First Service, this feels like an Acts 2 moment for us here at The Journey. And, and we're going to ride this wave as, as long as we can. And so I, I got a, a couple things I want you to do. I want you to be praying. That's like the main thing, right? Be, be praying uh, for God to continue to move. Man, you, we're opening up space. So you can invite your, your family and friends who maybe don't know Jesus to come be a part of this. Um, pray for that. Uh, pray for our staff. Uh, we kind of had a plan in place, and we've had to accelerate that at the speed of light. And uh, everybody's hanging in there, and everybody's being fluid and flexible, and we love that. But, um, but at the same time, when you see staff, just thank them because... So this is going to mean extra for our teams, and they're doing everything they can to make this happen. But be praying for our staff, and again, just be praying for God to be in the midst of this as we continue to just, again, ride this wave that we are on right now, all right? All right, let me pray, and then we'll get into our, our message. God, we, we're we messy people. We're imperfect and we can put all kinds of plans together and think we got this life figured out. And you jump in and say, nope, I got something more for you. And right now we're at one of those moments in this church. And God, my prayer is that we would we would take this moment and grab onto it and hold onto it and follow your spirits leading through this. We know it's going to be some adjustments. And we're going to ask for more people to jump in and to serve and we're going to ask people to, 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 to move around a little bit and, and God, we're doing it not so we can be comfortable, but so we can open up more space for more and more people to know and meet Jesus. Like that gets my heart beating fast. That gets me excited. And God, I know that gets people's hearts excited here and souls moving. And so we just pray for you to guide and lead us through this. God, I pray for our staff uh, through this. It's going to be Uh, A little bit of a a, a hard, difficult season, but I pray for your blessings on each one. Protect each one through this, God, because we know that um, sometimes when when you're moving forward, that Satan kind of likes to jump in and cause problems. And so we just pray that you would protect and watch over our staff and our leaders here at this place. But God, I thank you for each person that's here. May you bless each one in Jesus' name. All right, cool stuff happening here. All right, to shake it up a little bit. I got a little music quiz for you, okay? And so what we're gonna do here in a second, the sound team is gonna play a snippet of a song, and what I want you to do is I want you to yell out, not mean-like, quietly, sorta, but kinda yell out what that song is, you got it? Pretty simple, here's the deal, Um, there's no prize. If you get all four right, I don't have any money up here for you, any candy to give you, it's just your pride at this point, okay? I think these are pretty simple. So here we go, here's the very first one. Listen to this, as soon as you know what it is, go ahead and scream it out. Oh, I can't hear you when you don't do it. Nope. Oh, you guys are slower than the first one. What was that? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. is right. Jurassic Park. Go ahead and scream it out, guys, it's okay. Nobody's gonna make fun of anybody. All right, here's the next one. Next one coming up real quick. You guys get Harry Potter, not Jurassic Park. Come on. All right, here's a real hard one for you. One beat, right? One beat. And here's the last one. We're going to let this one run for a little bit. Here's the last one. You don't need to hear anything else, right? We're going to let this play a little bit in the background, because this is is a good one, especially when it gets going. How many of you hate the ocean because of Jaws? <laughs> yeah, I kind of have some struggles with that, too. You know, it's funny. You hear the beginning of these songs, and what do you do? You automatically, except for the first one, you guys were off there a little bit at Jurassic Park, but you, you remember what that, that movie was all about. But there's something else about these, these songs, like Jaws and the other ones. You can turn that off now. It's um, <laughs> bringing back bad memories. Um, they're all written by the same guy. They're written by a composer, John Williams. And in his career, he has composed over 150 film movie scores. And if you go look at the list of movies that he's written the theme song, thongs, songs for, you would sit back and think, wow, I mean, like Home Alone, uh, Indiana Jones, all of these are written by John Williams. He created this music. We, we hear the beginning of these songs, and so often it maybe takes us back to when we saw that movie for the first time, or, or some memory comes back because of that movie, or we just remember parts of that movie. I mean, that's how, that's how powerful the beginning of these songs are. But our lives really aren't any different. Every single one of us, we, we have beginnings, right? We, we are born, uh, we, we walk, and then there's going to school for the first time, and there's that first date, and there's that first kiss, and there's that first job and there's that first marriage and hopefully that's the only marriage and and then there's retirement we've we've got all these beginnings in our life that we have experienced and what else are we going to do we're going to continue to experience those in our life and all of these new beginnings what do they bring they bring new adventures they bring new relationships new, new growth new new memories in our life these beginnings the reminders of where we have been in our past But they also set us up for what we're going to experience in our futures. Over the next six weeks, we're going to be in this series called Beginnings, and we're actually going to take a a trip through the Bible. We're, We're going to look at six beginning six main themes that we find through scripture and each one of these builds on the next one and it's going to take us from the beginning to the end of the bible we're going to spend all of our time doing that but not only does it take us through the story of the bible it takes us through the story of god it takes us through the story of jesus and the coolest part is as we go through this what we're going to see is that ourselves that you and i we're a part of this story too and each one of these beginnings will build on one another and again, help us understand our part in these beginnings and in the story we find in the Bible. But if you're going to start a series called Beginnings, you might as well start at the beginning, right? So We're going to start at Genesis. Uh, Genesis actually is a Hebrew word, sheet, And sheet is defined as, or the, the meaning of it is, in the beginning. So for Bereshit 1-1, one, one, the very first word there is, is sheet, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, I, I've said this multiple times here. It's one of my favorite scriptures in, in the Bible because everything kind of emanates from that, right? You've got this, these 10 words, and you look at these 10 words, and everything else that comes after that is connected back to those 10 words. But I look at those 10 words, and they're, they're so powerful. They're, there's so much in there. I mean, what, what do we have here? First, like we got the start of the story. In the beginning, our story is beginning. It's like that. Once upon a upon a time, uh, beginning. It's like call me Ishmael, right? There's this the starting phrase that gets us going and lets us know that there's there's more to come. But as we see this, we see in the beginning, and then we find who the story's about. It's God. And so now we know the main character. Now we know what the rest of the story is going to be connected to. It's going to be connected to God. And what does this God do? This God created. This God created the heavens and the earth but what else do, do we find as we look at Genesis 1 well we see that that creation that uh, it started in this kind of this strange place look at verse 2 it says now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters if you go back to John Williams and those movie scores that we were talking about like, like you think about each one of those songs that he wrote, don't they fit perfectly for that movie? Like, could you imagine the Star Wars theme being a part of, of Harry Potter or, or the Jaws theme be, being a part of, of Star Wars? They, they don't fit, right? We, we hear that, that music and we think to ourselves, like, this is perfect. These, these songs, his, his music, they fit, they fit this movie that we are watching. And so I was reading a little bit more about Mr. Williams. I uh, wondered, like, how, how did he come up with this stuff, right? Because you hear these songs, you're like, man, that just fits so perfectly. And, and he said that through a blend of storytelling, musical artistry, technical expertise, and collaborative spirit, that was the way that he creates the movie scores that he does. I hear that about John Williams, and I think to myself, That kind of sounds familiar to Genesis chapter one, verse two, right? If we look there in verse two, we've got this canvas, if you will, that the God is working with. And and if you look at it, there's something that exists, but it's kind of a it's not a great place. Right. We've got this formless space. It's empty. It's dark. It's it's deep. The word that's used there is the word chaos. We we have chaos that exists. This is not paradise. This is chaos. And in this chaos, there is this, this force. There is this power that is alongside of God. And that force is God's spirit. And what does the spirit do? It, it emanates from God in and around God. I mean, it is it is present with God as God creates and the spirit. It's not standing still. It's not sitting at the, the fire pit out in the back of the house talking about all their great Athletic escapades back in high school, right? That's not what this spirit is doing. This spirit is in motion over this chaos. It's dreaming. It's planning. It's creating alongside God." Dr. Nahum Sarna, a Jewish scholar on Genesis, said this about Genesis chapter one verse two, said, "God is about to transform the inert, disorganized matter to affect it by His presence to animate it with his spirit. That's what God's spirit is doing within creation. There's this this chaos that that is present, and and God and God's spirit are working together to create something out of this chaos. Well, what do we find is created? Well, if you keep on going through Genesis 1, you see light and sky and land and vegetation, the sun, moon, and stars and birds and fish and, and animals. And God sees all this. And what does God say? God says that it was was good. Here is God creating with the spirit and the chaos that was there. But there's still one ultimate creation left for God. Look at verse 26. And God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. What's God's last creation? It's humanity. It's you. It's me. Look at verse 31. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. God takes inventory of everything that has been created over this, this time and from this chaos and, and looks at what's been created and concludes what? And concludes that it was very good. This, this work of art is complete. The things that I've been creating, they, they, are, they are done. This is the beginning of everything. Now, I've talked about Genesis 1 a couple times here at The Journey, and I, one of the things that I, I've said about it is so often when we read Genesis 1, we kind of take sides, right? Uh, we, we take sides. Some of us, we read it, and we're, we'll we say we're creationists. We, we say, hey, all this was created in six 24-hour days. And then maybe some others are like, well, I'm not sure about the timeline there, but I, I'm with you on, on the, the creation piece with God. And, and then there's others that, that read this and like, yeah, I— I, I kind of understand what you're saying, but like, look at science and, and science says something kind of different over here. And so we kind of go the science way. And then there's still others of us like we're, we kind of say, well, God created everything and there's a science. And we're, we think we're going to put these together. Maybe, maybe there, there's some combination there. And, and for many people, depending on your beliefs in Genesis chapter one, it, it has become sort of the foundation of your faith or it's become the foundation of the faith that you don't have. I wonder if we are reading Genesis 1 wrong. Because part of what we're trying to do, what we're attempting to do, is to figure out what it is, right? Did God create everything? Is is science right? Or or there's some connection that's that's here? We're we're always trying to figure out the how. And so often when we're trying to figure out the how, we talk to somebody who's different than us, what do we do? We fight about it. And, And many times relationships are broken because we may have differences of opinion here. I believe we're asking the wrong question. The question we should be asking is why? Why is the Hebrew writer writing this for us to read? Why are we given this information? Well, I'm going to take us back to ancient Near Eastern cultures because all of them have origin stories. If you remember your history days, your world history, and you probably remember some of those stories, there were these, these gods and these gods usually had like superpowers, right? They were like the Avengers or Justice League, and they were always battling each other and fighting each other and trying to knock one uh, away from the other one and, and take power. Well, well, at the same time, there, there were humans. And what were the job of humans? The job of the humans was to serve these gods. And so whatever these gods wanted, whenever they wanted something— the human's job was to make sure that these gods were taken care of, to, to take care of the pleasures of these gods. We look at Genesis, and the story is different. The story here isn't about humans serving gods or serving this god or making sure this god has whatever pleasures this god may want. What, what do we find In Genesis 1, it's all about human beings being in relationship with God. The writer of Genesis isn't trying to prove anything and not trying to disprove anything either. The point of the creation story is for us to understand that there is a God. There is a God who wants to be connected to us. There is a God who wants to be in relationship with you and me. Jonathan Sachs was a Jewish chief rabbi and theologian. He said this. He said, Genesis is Judaism's foundational work, the philosophy of the human condition under the sovereignty of God. This is a difficult point to understand because there is no book quite like it. It is not myth. It is not history in the conventional sense, a mere recording of events, nor is it theology. Genesis is less about God than about human beings and the relationship with God. As we read Genesis, it's not trying to prove something or disprove something. It's telling us that hey, you and I, we were created to be in relationship with God, that this is a very specific relationship that God has intended. Now, how do we know this? Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. In Genesis one, we see God's spirit is present, right? Well, that word "spirit" means wind, or better yet, it means breath. And so, as we look in Genesis one, God's God's spirit, God's breath, it exists and is helping to create creation. But the last thing that's created is humanity. It, it's man. And what does God do with this creation? What does it say here? God breathes into man's nostrils the breath of life. God breathes his spirit into the man. Notice what God doesn't breathe spirit into. God doesn't breathe spirit into broccoli or pineapple bushes or ants or elephants. Like we don't see that anywhere that God's spirit breathes in that. God's spirit only breathes into the man's nostrils to give man life what does this mean for you and i this means that you and i are intimately known by god we are intimately known by god i love the way some people put it they, they talk about uh we are given god's divine dna that, that god breathes this divine dna into you and me and so that tells us that our relationship with god is so different than the rest of creation but here's the other piece of this god didn't create humanity and say hey you know what i'm done like I, i've worked really hard it's been a long season uh, i'm gonna take off and head out to this tropical island for a few millennia i'll be back check on things see how things are that's not what god does either what does god do god breathed life into humanity and then said hey let's hang out Let's build this connection. Let's strengthen this relationship, because I have created you in such a way that you are special to me, and I want to be in this this relationship with you. I I read this passage in Genesis, and it makes me think of our family. Um, Karen and I have three kids, and you look at our kids, and you're like, hey, they look pretty much like us and you know maybe one looks like her and me and then the other one you know maybe is a little combination of both of us but but you look at our kids you're like those are our kids we, we we can tell who our our kids are but but when they were born we didn't tell our kids like hey nice to meet you glad you're here but mom and i are going on a vacation for a few decades we we're going to we're going we're gonna to leave you here. You need to figure out how to feed yourself and how to change your diaper. You're probably going to have to get a job because you're going to have to find a place to live and pay rent. That's not how this works, right? We, we we create children. We adopt children. Why do we do this? We do this to be in a relationship with them. To care for them, to help them to answer the 356 questions that they have every single day to to love them, to do life together with them. We have children in our life to be in this relationship with them. And so when we look at the story of creation, it should be a reminder to us of why we were created. That we were created for this relationship and this connection with God. I know some of us, we hear that word relationship and we really kind of struggle with, Thinking about that with, with God. And I think oftentimes it comes from our past, that comes from the things that we've experienced in our lives. Some of us we've had miserable relationships, right? Maybe it's been in, in family or, or marriages or uh friendships, uh maybe growing up. And so we've experienced these miserable relationships and we look at that and we're like, well, if this is what relationships there are and what they're like, then I don't want a relationship with God because it's just gonna be it's gonna be miserable too. And for others of us, we experienced abusive relationships and we're like, well, if this is what love is supposed to look like and, and they're abusive relationships, I, I definitely don't want that kind of relationship w- with God. Or maybe for others of us, like our relationships have been non-existent. Uh, maybe your dad left when you were, you were young. Maybe you're your mom took off right after you were born or or maybe your parents were were present and and they were alive but they were just busy all the time and you you rarely ever spent any time with them and so there's this non-existent relationship that you have with them and you you look at that and you're like well if that's what relationships are all about then my guess is that's what it's going to be like with God and so we don't want that kind of relationship with God either but but that's that's not on God that's That's the experiences that we've had in our life with, my guess, is a lot of unhealthy people around us. And so we've experienced brokenness. We've experienced hurt and pain in those relationships. And and we try to equate that with God. And God's like, no, no, no. That's not the kind of relationship I'm talking about with you. This relationship with you is different. That's why I breathe my, my divine DNA into your heart, into your soul. Because my relationship with you has this unconditional love that I'm given to you. How do we know that there's this unconditional love? Well, I love the way that John puts the creation story in John chapter one. He really is rewriting parts of that story in and John. And, and John's one of uh, Jesus' disciples and, and probably his best friend when Jesus was here. John one, start with verse one, it says in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Here's what John is telling us here. And if if you're doing our Core 52 stuff, uh, Mark Moore, the author, wrote uh, a little bit about this in one of the paragraphs. I think it was in week one. But he connects this part of John back to Genesis chapter one. So as John is talking about this light in the darkness, he says, look at Genesis chapter one, verse three it says, God says, let there be light. And he's like, you know what that light was? That, that was Jesus. The, the Jesus was present, too, at the time of creation, the time of this chaos being brought together so that there was life here on this earth and. He says that in that light, that light we find, what did it do in Genesis 1-3? It brought light into the darkness. And, and then here we, we read John and, and we see that, that, that verse. And we've got a plaque of this in our house. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That no matter what we've experienced in our, in our life, and every time I, I see this, I think about this. What, no matter what we've experienced, no matter what we're doing right now, no matter who we are no matter what those relationships may have been in the past no no matter what may have taken place yesterday no matter how broken we may feel and be there is light in our darkness and that light is jesus and that light is a gift from god to all humanity and that light is god saying hey I desire for us to be in this relationship together, so much so that I'm going to show you what love looks like through my son, Jesus. And you and I have hope for our lives today, for tomorrow, for eternity, because of that light, that light that shines in our darkness, that love that's been sent to us from God. As we think about this relationship we have with God and we're called to have with God, as we we think about that light in in Jesus, we think about this kind of love that's been showered to us from God, I want us to think through a couple of things, um, kind of next steps um, for us. Here's the first thing I would say. Hey, I I know that there's probably a good portion here that, hey, creation story, you know, you're like six days, 24 hours but man, we get into fights with people about this because they believe something different. Uh, Can I just say this? If you're a follower of Jesus, you know we can actually have healthy debates and not hate each other at the end. I know that's kind of hard to believe these days, but it can happen. Um, Maybe we can have a little bit more grace when people don't fully agree with us. Maybe we can talk through this. I'm afraid that in something like this, we have alienated more people from knowing Jesus than we have helped. And so maybe for us, it's pulling back a little bit. Believe it with all your heart, but at the same time, just, just be good listeners, as we talked about in this last series. Be good listeners and, and see how God can use that. The second thing that, that I would say, some of you, I, I know you're here, but you're, you're the opposite of that. You're like, you got a lot of doubts, right? And maybe your doubts come from Genesis chapter 1. Uh, let, me, let me say this to you. The journey is a safe place for you to be if you have doubts and questions about God. Okay, and I'm going to tell you why because I have doubts and questions about God. There are things in Scripture that I'm still trying to wrestle with and figure out myself, and and I I just want this to be a place, and and our our staff and leaders want this to be a place where you, if you've got those doubts and questions, you can be here and ask those hard questions. It doesn't mean we can give you answers, but we'll listen as you're searching for something in your life because we know we know what light you're looking for, and that light is Jesus, and we want to help you along, whatever that journey may be for you. And so we're just saying, hey, let you, I just want to let you know this is a safe place for you to ask those hard questions and to have doubts, okay? And then the last thing I, I would say or throw out there is that for some of us, we're just kind of beginning this, uh, this journey ourselves. And we are trying to figure out things in this relationship with God, but we know something's missing. We know we're broken. We know we're messy. Like, we know we need Jesus. Maybe for you, it's taking that step of baptism. To finally say, hey, you know what? I want that relationship. I want that connection. I, I get it. Uh, God has breathed his, his spirit, his His soul into me, a part of it. And and God wants to know me even, even more than and I'm feeling right now, and I want to take that step of baptism. Uh, next Sunday during our second service, Joel, our associate pastor, is doing a baptism class. It's a great way to go hear more about baptism, ask questions. Just because you take the class doesn't mean you've got to get baptized. Some people think that. No, it doesn't happen that way. It's, it's your decisions between you and, and God. But, um, but it's been so neat over the last uh, couple of weeks to see three people take that step because you know that they're saying, hey, I I want this intimate connection with God too. I want to follow Jesus. And they're doing it through baptism. I I definitely don't know where you are in your relationship with, with God, but as you think about the story of creation, may it be less about something to prove or disprove, and may it be more about you and I seeing that this is about this relationship that God wants with us, a relationship that's connected through that light in the darkness through Jesus.